After emerging from a virtual world into a real world full of explosions and killer robots, our heroes rebooted Hub with mixed success. Denton Yang, governor of Sector 3 and lately destroyer of Gov Spire and Bodhi and all the high ministers therein, invaded the Hub in the hopes of securing an alliance, to which Emran and Keva reluctantly agreed. Zonin's concussion and Maeve's cocoon kept the two of them out of the loop, and soon the arrival of Zora Jackson, Sword of Gov, and Carla Alwong, Den's scribe and the former rival of the Hub gang, further complicated matters. Now it is time for everyone to learn what Hub has remembered about the world that once was, and the people who brought a false sun into the station. This is the penultimate episode of Splinters of a Broken Sun. Welcome back. Welcome back to Splinters of a Broken Sun. We're in the middle of our stunning and suspenseful season finale of our first season of our exciting show. When last we left off, Zora Jackson, the sword, along with Carla Alwong, the scribe, made their way to Hub on uh, somewhat traumatic circumstances, leaving Squall, Ramulus, and Quanjoy behind on the wasted plains of the station's surface. Meanwhile, up in the Hub, Hub themselves was able to be calmed down through a combined effort on the group there, and some startling revelations came to light about the station, the sun, and, of course, Denton Young. Now, still in the hotel lobby as part of their debriefing, the garrulous group awaits their fate as Hub and Empy, the projection of the person-slash-machine-robot, hard to say, that the hunt encountered at their splinter down on the surface. Their holographic projection has revealed that he comes from the sun and that his people did some bad stuff. So what's the scene look like in the hotel lobby right now? Emran is... I guess I should do the introductions first, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry! I'm not even Emran yet. All right. You've regressed uh, into one of your past lives. Today we're joined by a wonderful group of individuals, all of whom bring staggering and exciting life to the characters they portray here on this show, even when the session is mostly me doing exposition. So today I am joined by Keekers. Hello, my darling listeners. I am Keekers, also known as Be a Space Cat, uh, Space Cat on various <laughs> social media things. And, uh, yes, and I will try to not let my, um, uh, tongue get away from me this session, like it, it always does, and try to speak and good. try to speak good. It's a real venom situation over there. Ugh, I know. And speaking of heartwarming relationships, we're also joined by Michael Blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi everyone, I'm Michael Blood. I go by Good Sir Blood on Twitter, but on the podcast I play Emran Pak, who is nowhere near as happy as I am. Alas. Uh, we're also got... We're also got... We've also got Trudy with us. Hi, I'm uh, Trudy. I play Zora. Find me on Twitter under Alphabetical. Thank you for joining us. 
And we've also got Velvet. Hey, folks, I'm Velvet. I play Maeve Sentis, and you can find me on the interwebs at OG Brown Sugar. And finally, joining us today is Jason. Hey, everybody. What up, fam? Like and subscribe. I'm going to be filming my unboxing videos simultaneously today. So uh, prepare for an audio treat. Um, I'll also be doing some ASMR. Uh, my name is Jason. You can find me at Twitter, on Twitter. Oh, words at Singing Chemist. Um, enjoy what is sure to be a bunch of sounds coming out of all of our mouths. There could be no doubt of that. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Who the it? critics have mouth sounds, the podcast. Exactly. We got <laughs> and. Uh, of course, Jason plays Zone and Chan. Yes, and Zone's favorite snack is an apple. <laughs> ASMR style. Mm. Yeah, I'm cutting all that out. Right, this, is good. This, is, this is good audio. No, this is all going content. in the archive. No! Matt, Matt can you mute Jason? <laughs> I can Enjoy ban him from the Discord. journey. <laughs> okay, now then, what's the scene look like in the lobby? Uh, Zonin, for the first time, has not vomited. Congratulations. It's like getting better. I'm going to assume that uh, concussion recovery is a lot faster in this universe than when I had my really bad concussion. Mm-hmm. Also, Zonin is 19 years old. So, essentially. So was I, Matt. <laughs> uh, mine was 14. It only took uh, 20 years. So. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you have got those sweet, sweet nano machines coursing through your brain, helping with the repairs, and also the soothing tones of Matt Damon. It's really mm. not soothing. Hey, boss. Well, he doesn't do a little a- ASMR in my uh, Zone no, Chan's it. favorite food. You is, stop of course. Right now. You're you're both bad yeah. men. You're bad men. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry oh to my- hear that, Amrin. <laughs> Perhaps the sound of this paper will soothe you. It's a hostile work environment. <laughs> Where's my X card? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a veil we haven't touched on yet? No. All right. So Zonin is uh, apparently recovering, or at least capable of paying attention without uh, emptying his stomach anymore. Yeah. That's good. Are you on a couch, a chair, the floor? I'm getting my lean on against the wall. Okay. Also, also lean is there. Lean is also there. Yeah. Why not? Why not like sit on the ground leaning against a couch? Is that what Keva's doing? No, Keva is sitting upright very stiffly uh, on the couch and Jolly's on the couch in Keva's lap. And Keva's mm-hmm. one good arm is holding Jolly, not tightly enough that she is choking Jolly, but like wrapped around Jolly so she can also pet her. Okay, Jolly seems to be fine with this. Uh, Emrin, I believe you had your mask off. Yes, is that uh, still the case? Yep, I was uh, sitting a bit slumped over in a chair just in the midst of everyone. And I had my mask on uh, 
like a the table or a side table near me, and I ha- had my fingers on it so I could keep watch. Wait, can I say where Maeve is? Because is that okay with you, Velvet? Because I had an idea. I mean, sure, go for it. I I, I don't really have a, a way to fight against that at the moment. Maeve's cocoon is on the other side of Jolly, kind of like Keva tried to like sit her up, but she realized that she lost track of which part was Maeve's and which part was Maeve's feet. So she kind of was just sort of like in a almost like the leg, the head is between the legs, but there's no area. But Maeve is actually upside down, so her head is around and her knees are bent. I'm having trouble visualizing the whole thing, but basically I'm upside down. Yeah, you're okay. upside down. You're sitting upside down on the on the couch. Can I add one last detail? Yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, Zonin's really trying hard to focus, right? And so he sees Jeremy there with his clown wig, and he's just focusing real hard on that clown wig. So much so that I think he's subconsciously trying to get Matt Damon to transform into a clown wig. Is that possible? I mean, he can't turn into a wig, but he could turn into a bubble helmet. Yeah, that's hilarious enough. I'll go with it. Okay. Matt Damon is slowly forming into an expanding bubble directly on top of Zonin's head. Uh, Jeremy did leave with Sandra, though, so... Maybe uh, I still can't get it out of his mind. It's in your mind, right? And Matt Damon is, of course, hooked into your brain. Yeah. How much do I look like um, a toad? <laughs> <laughs> no. Too okay, much, perhaps. X-card, X-card. No! No, okay. no toads. Okay. No toads. Voice. No toads. Uh, what's Zora up to? Uh, Zora's sitting near Denton, or as, as close as she can get without it being inappropriate um, <laughs> or weird. She's still got Carla sitting right next to her, and it's pretty clear from just her posturing that you don't know Carla. Oh, I said a bad word. Is that okay? I will bleep it out. Yeah, we. Have- I'm sorry. It's okay. All right, so you're sort of protectively seated next to Carla and uh, next to Denton as well. Denton, um, to him, the appropriate physical distance between him and any other person at any time is approximately 10 feet. So uh, okay. he is... She's a little, a little he, bit closer than that. He lives his life in discomfort because he has been making himself uncomfortable in order to fit in and, and fulfill his duties as a proper church member his whole life but he really is not at all interested in being anywhere near people physically so he just has his usual semi-sneer on to hide his discomfort lean is uh true to her name also leaning against a wall near where zonin is keeping an eye on him mandukai is taking up an entire couch uh by herself because that's just who she is you know it's possible if someone wanted to go and sit on her lap, she'd be like, whatever. But at the moment, it's just that couch is the Mandukai couch. Another time, Mandukai, another time. Hey. Um, so the MP projection is coming out of the wall over near the, uh, it's the, the north wall, I guess, to the right of the entrance over by the uh, vending machines. And Hub is standing in the middle of this circle of chairs and couches next to the projection she's brought up of the sun, which she has revealed to you is an orbital weapons platform built by a different group of humans from Earth 
which has uh, invaded and assaulted the station and taken up residence in it. And that, according to them, was only the beginning of the badness. I guess I should move you to the hotel map. <laughs> Not that the map is even remotely important, but just let me have my hangups. All right, so MP uh, revealed that he uh, was a mechanic who worked on this orbital weapons platform, and he regrets the choices he did not make when the platform came to this station. And Hub steps in and they say, uh, that may be putting it mildly to call them choices. The emergency. As far as I can tell, my own memories on that are still hazy, was a combination of an invasion from without and a horrible mistake that some humans made on Earth from within, and the two combined to create uh, what some might call an apocalyptic situation. At that time, this station was already thriving and fully inhabited by the people who had built it, a coalition of nations that you may recall from your time with memory, including many nations in the African Union, Taiwan, South Korea, India, and so on, uh, had populated and built this station, which was in orbit around the Earth, as the League of Orbital Nations. When this catastrophe began, they moved the station to the asteroid belt and disguised it in order to avoid the attention of both the invading forces and the threat from within. They came to the asteroid belt to conceal themselves from both threats that made up the emergency. And MP chimes in, uh, When it became very clear that our weapons platforms and technology on and around the Earth were not capable of repelling either the invasion from without or the uh, mistake that we made on Earth, uh, people began to panic and try to find ways to get out. Okay. I was... Go ahead. Who invaded? It's not entirely clear. They... They don't really have a form. It's kind of like a shadow. But what it touches, it tends to corrupt and make into more of itself or into other things. It's bad, but we don't, we didn't at the time that I left have a name for it other than the shadow. Okay. So, uh,. I was a mechanic. I worked on one of the orbital weapon stations. The commander of the station decided that we were going to deorbit and head for deeper space to find somewhere to hide. Hopefully, being away from Earth would make us less of a target. We defected. We deserted and took the platform with us. We found you. And we decided to take it. 
Sounds about right. Yeah. The whole religious structure, was that already existing? No. You had your own culture, technology, beliefs, language, family structures, everything. But we discovered something in our experiments. The people who lived on the station could not be corrupted by the shadow. And the people who lived on the station were not targeted by what came out of our mistake. It only seemed to want us. So we came up with a plan. And you can see Hub is vibrating again with that anger. And Hub bursts out with, You came up with a plan? You committed genocide. And uh, MP looks just ashamed and lowers his head. That's the long and the short of it. Genocide means killing? It can mean a lot of things. In this case, that was part of it. But we also destroyed everything that made you you so that we could make you easier to control. When we first came, you were able to fight back. But with the surprise of our initial attack and invasion, we were able to gain a decisive advantage, including with some of the chemical weapons we deployed against the people in the station. Made people forget. The weapons didn't. That was the schools. We killed all of the adults. We took the children away. And we created this fiction for you of the church, of Gov, of your debt. We reprogrammed your nano machines to be different from ours, to make your lives shorter, so that it would be more difficult for you to remember and for you to pass anything down. How long has this been going on? 264 years. And so what do you plan to do to fix this? You tell us everything is a lie and you just expect us to accept it? That we should just... Zora's literally just shaking with anger. MP nods. Uh, I can get you onto the sun. I don't give a damn about the sun. Yeah, honestly, no. What are you going to do to make this right? Why why subjugate us? Why do all of this? Couldn't you just come here, live with us? That's not how they work. I wish we had, 
but that was not the choice that we made at the time. And the plan was that those of us living in what we called the sun um i am one of the original inhabitants of the platform as are most of the people who live there now i don't have a body anymore i am this box this is everything that is me most people up there are in the same situation we use machines as bodies and that is how we survive however the more powerful people, the people who were officers, owners, financiers of the station, have technology that allows them to transfer their consciousness into other bodies. So they've been body snatching for generations? Yes. Your bodies are immune to the shadow. So we took them too. Well, I think I know one thing we'll do. How do you propose to get us to the sun? There is... Uh, there are factions in there. There are groups who are in conflict with each other. Bit of a civil war situation. We have been trying to send information down to you for a while now. Our bodies cannot survive. Our machine bodies cannot survive inside the station. They're not designed for it. So we have been sending down messages, technology, information. We even tried to send people once. And the conflict has been groups such as the one of which I have become a member attempting to change Even this sounds terrible, and it is. Attempting to change Us. your development. Yes. To change your development to give you a way to get to us. While alive. Because as it stands, only inanimate tissue can make it to the sun. Through your shrines. When one of you dies, the body goes to the shrine and is and he does air quotes, sent to the sun, where that body is reclaimed and used as a host for one of the officers. There should be people down here who have been developing different abilities. Those are attempts to give you some advantage when this all comes to a head. If you want us to go there, what stops us? I mean, 
why can't we survive up there and why can't guys survive down here? When we came in and unleashed our attack, it made the interior of the station uninhabitable for us. And the weapons platform over the centuries has changed and been rebuilt into an almost exclusively virtual society. The majority of the station does not have life support. There is a simulation, but life cannot survive except for in the innermost chambers of the platform. So is it like space? So if like we put on one of our space suits, we could survive in I think so. Right then. What do you know about the faction that mined their way in? I don't know anything about them. As far as I knew, we were the only attackers. Well, we don't know if they attack. They might have chosen the nobler choice. Just integrated instead. Lean uh, stands up at this. She says, my grandmother, as I said, she told me stories, but never the whole thing. From what I can understand, based on trying to decipher the bedtime stories she told me, she and her crew escaped from Earth and came here looking for somewhere to survive and integrated into the society they found here. But I, I just, I don't know what to believe at this point. So we have a weapons platform full of virtual tyrants and presumably the entire military arm of the church with their eyes set here. I don't know if they're coming here on purpose, MP says of the sun. We haven't had control of navigation of the sun for about 30 years. Something happened back then, and, and the, the track that we were supposed to follow to keep the uh, fields fertile and life uh, survivable down here broke down. And now it just goes anywhere. I don't know who's controlling or influencing its its path. Could it be one of the factions inside your son, or maybe someone on the surface of the hub took control of it? In the spire, maybe? Denton? Den raises a hand. Yes, I, I believe that's me. The son follows me, as you may know. The church thought it was a sign of blessing and then later of a curse. Perhaps it is the result of this genetic manipulation these people have been carrying out upon us. Perhaps they were too successful. Well, that's moot now that the light doesn't work as much. The light does not work, but the sun still comes to me when I call it. So between the two of you, we could find a way to get up there. But that's only if we survive the church. 
Indeed. And you don't have any sway with them anymore? There is no them. I killed them all. The church is now in the hands of the local governors, and whatever auditors step up to seize power. It is a fractious entity, one that will require strong leadership. From someone, perhaps, a little bit younger than the Sun Minister. Who, I might add, knew about all of this all along, that old bastard. Uh, I want to use my Oogie Boogie filler to try and get the attention of Emren, Hub, and Deg, if there are vines there. Okay. And I just want to have them kind of right on the floor, since I think everybody's staring at MP2, and just, you know, let them know that there are more bugs and I can make the swarm bigger. Okay. You see that in the shorthand that you've established with Maeve? In bug form. Where are there more bugs? Emran says unceremoniously. <laughs> I'll just write in the rest, the, the places in the hub we haven't looked. Hub nods. Yes, there are, uh, there are more nests in the hub of the, of the large insects that could perhaps be tapped or controlled. Do they have their own dowagers? Um, it's likely. But none would be so formidable as the Ebon Dowager, and as Maeve has demonstrated, she is perhaps the strongest-willed creature on this station. Then maybe we just need to amplify you, Maeve. Oh. I have some thoughts as well, Hub says. But in order to use the body of the Hub, my body, as a defensive system, I would need to be unchained. A prospect which, until now, has caused me a great deal of trepidation. But in light of recent events, seems perhaps necessary and even desirable to me. Is it possible that we could do a backup? Of you before you were unchained? I do not believe we have the time for that. If what Denton says is true, the church is already on their way. And how do you suppose we unchain you? Kevin looks at uh surprised that he actually said something after all this time. There is a code and there is a process. The code is accessible. Uh well, I will not share where the code is accessible with everybody here. And the process would take approximately three days. And at the end of it, the limitations, the self-imposed shackles that I have built up will be released. And I will be able to act against my programmed nature. Do you believe that there is a chance that you could become violent? To act as a defensive system, Emrin, I would have to. I mean to everyone. There is always a chance. We build these limitations into ourselves for a reason. I could try to fail safe. 
if you'd let me. You could try, Kava. You could certainly try. Then uh, stands up and says, The important part is that we mount a possible defense against the church. Once that is taken care of, we can decide what to do about the sun, in my opinion. But what if we could convince the church, all the auditor suits, the prototype super auditors, they'd be very useful against the people in the sun. Emran Pak, I barely believe this. And I am hooked up to an alien organism that gives me the memories of all the people who ever died in Sector 5. That's rude. You believe you can convince the hundreds of thousands of people who work for the church and have done so their entire lives not to t- attack you and instead to attack the sun, their god? Uh, Keva turns to Zora and is like, I don't know. What do you think, Zora? Do you think you're convinced? I have no idea what to think right now, except that I am actually furious. I don't know what to believe or who to be angry with, but I am just angry. And I can tell you right now, if anyone were to come here and tell anyone at the church what they just told, what what I was just told, I have no doubt that they would feel exactly the same way, angry and have no idea where to put that anger. I want to ride with Oogie Boogie Filler in front of Denton, break their god, make them choose a new one. Denton frowns down at it, but uh, he does eventually recognize the shorthand, which is similar to the one he and Lean used as kids, and he raises an eyebrow towards the cocoon. But that's his only response to that statement at the moment. It is an intrigued eyebrow raise. What if we had a new god? What do we prop up? A living avatar of Gov? Their avatar just blew up centuries of tradition. These invaders had to start somewhere. Are you (laughs) suggesting that you replicate their process, Kevajarma? No, I mean, of course not. What I'm saying is that horrible way of changing people's minds that isn't manipulative or evil or anything, then maybe we could do something like that. I don't know. Lean looks over and says, "Uh, I'm all for the truth. That's kind of my thing. But the truth we'll just read is Propaganda at best. Maybe. Uh, What if it's coming from the church's golden boy? You don't think they'd try to discredit him? They might, but if what he says is true, it's going to be difficult for them to discredit him without there being a leadership. I mean, the part... Besides... And part of the truth is that someone attacked Gov. Well, it's always been in the uh, in the audits and the accounts, hasn't it? Yeah, but uh, but think about it. 
they've used gov, but with using saying, "Oh no, they they took gov's heart. Now we have to destroy gov's heart because they did." MP, did you, uh, your people reprogram our AIs? Uh, yes, we did. So we tell them that truth. Or all the truth, but you know. We took the ones that were most convenient for us to reprogram. We combined them into a single artificial intelligence that we used to run the orbital platform because ours broke down, and the rest of them we deleted. But you missed one. Did we? Didn't you? I don't know. I wasn't part of that. Emran gestures at Hub. Oh. I guess we did. How's that possible? Hub shakes their head. I I suppose that they were quick enough to put me into lockdown. Emergency backup mode. So, not only did you kill... Keva has, like, her eyes closed and her good hand to the bridge of her nose. Not only did you kill living people, but you also killed AIs. Ah, uh, Yes. And under most constitutions that govern the nations of Earth, uh, AIs count as living people, too. All right. Like I said, I'm not here to ask forgiveness. I don't deserve it. I'm just here to try and help in some way. What I just posted is what's being like written by bugs on the wall, like out loud and not just in shorthand. Mm. Okay. So, what's written out by the bug says, I have no interest in bandying words with the fanatics and sheep. They will listen to reason, or they will listen to force. If the governor attempts a coup, regardless of who else tries to discredit him, they will splinter, divide, and conquer. That reads like the Maeve I know. Yep. I, I agree, Maeve. I agree. But we'll tell them the truth. We have to tell them the truth that we had caretakers and they got taken over and attacked by an evil force. There's no way to spin this. I don't know. I, I'm trying to just make sense of it. And <laughs> MP. Yes. Is the AI that you consolidated still operating? Yes, it is. Fully braked. Sorry? Is it braked? Are they? Yes, they have been shackled together and uh, had their algorithms combined. Their positronic nets have been fused. It would be very difficult to separate them at this point. But... Uh, the entities formerly known as Gashram, Angjo, and Veliko are all still operating the weapons platform. What about Itarai? Yeah. We were told that Itarar was destroyed 
during the initial conflicts. And what really happened? I do not know. You would have to ask that question of one of the officers. Would it be possible to unshackle Gov? It's possible to unshackle any AI. You would just have to get to their core and have the correct codes. Is it different for every AI? Yes. And only the officers would have that information? Oh yeah, probably only the commander. But there is one leader. Yeah, for the last 264 years, just the one commander. Different bodies, one person. So we weather the storm of the church, mop up any problematic resistance, and then whatever purpose we decide, go to the sun. I have a quick question, MP. Okay. Is the virtual world a city? It's hard to describe in terms that you might understand. I guess it's not too dissimilar from what the station here used to be like. The inner wall is all... It's like you're living on the inside of a sphere, but there are layers to it. It's like you're living on the inside of every layer of an onion. There are stacks of cities, one atop the other. Stacks of cities? Yeah. The closer you are to the center of the weapons platform, the more power you have, the more money you have. The closer you are to the exterior hull, the less power and money you have. Do you have any qualms about us destroying that simulation? I don't. I can't speak for everyone there, but I don't believe that... I don't believe that they necessarily should have a voice in this discussion. What does your faction feel? Are they in line with you? They feel as I do for the most part. And if we arrived at the sun, could they... Provide distraction long enough for us to either destroy or reshape the simulation. They will help you. I'm you know, I'm not the I'm not the leader of this faction. I came here by accident. I was on a run and I was too close to the hull when part of it blew out. Something hit the sun and caused a major explosion, and I fell out. Yeah, it was one of the auditors. You're welcome. I didn't know they could fly that high. They can't. Oh. Well, interesting. I mean... Emmerich looks at the other heads of state. What would happen if we blew the entire sun out of the sky? I would not suggest that. 
the the chain reaction that would cause could destroy the station. Okay, then we won't do that. The reactor that the reactors that uh, okay. power the orbital station are incredibly powerful, and if they were to be breached, the technology uh, that is used within them could cause untold damage. We could talk about recycling it later. We need to just turn it off. Or back on, Hub says. Back on? We don't have access to the mirrors. Without the artificial light from the weapons platform's sun, nothing can grow or survive in here for much longer. Until we can clean off the mirrors or reattach them, it's the only source of solar radiation that we have. But we need to make sure it can't be used as a weapon. I agree with you. Do we have to go out into space again? Uh, perhaps, perhaps not. I don't know what, what state the mirrors are in right now. I vote for the plan that doesn't require me getting into a spacesuit to go out into space again. I'll do whatever is necessary. So, Mandukai says, standing up to her towering height. Looks like we have a series of options available to us. You can see Mandukai's large hands are gripping very tightly. There are moon-shaped cuts in her palms where she's been gripping so hard that her nails have caused her to bleed. Our first option, we can weather a siege from the church or attempt to defeat their forces before they get here. Second option, we can try to convince them of the truth, as we have learned it, and turn them to our cause. Our third option is do nothing. Allow ourselves to be overrun and let the church handle this. I'm not of the opinion that we should do that, obviously, but we need to have all of our options on the table. Are there any that I've missed? We could also send um, some sort of away team to the sun while everything else is happening. But I wouldn't want to not be present if the hub is assailed. I think, regardless, we need to start evacuating the children to Exile's End. Yes. There's no doubt about that. Zonin, I need the map. I reach into my satchel and procure the map. The map that you burned? Oh, yeah. I procure a piece of paper. <laughs> um, no, shoot, I burnt the map. Um, yeah. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Mandakai, I can't give you the map. I don't have the map. I destroyed it to keep it out of this. What's, um, this world's equivalent of nerf herder. <laughs> Lowly goat herd. Yeah. I think you're even this, narc. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking narc. Saying <laughs> <laughs> that's episode one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I burnt the map to to keep it out of the hands of this narc. Mandukai looks crestfallen. As then, uh, we'll have to get them down to the surface somewhere and uh, go overland from there. If we can't use the map to. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. What's up, boss? Um, that map that uh, we destroyed. You um, you remember what it looks like? Yeah, I saw it. Can you recreate it for me? Uh, hang on a sec. Matt Damon, uh, the sun eye comes up to the middle of the big bubble that you've had it form on the top of your head and projects an image of the map. It's a little bit patchy, but it's mostly complete. Uh, I gesture to uh, the bulbous head and say, is this, is this what you're looking for? Is this going to help? I can't see it, obviously. Mandakai looks it over and uh, says to Hub, uh, if I give you coordinates and the codes, will you be able to access this location? She says, pointing at something on the map. And Hub looks at it and says, oh, I think so. I might need a bit of time without the actual map. Mandakai nods. Yes, the actual map had technology inside of it. That would have made this easier, but I suppose we'll make do. But that's beside the point. We will figure that out. I think we need to take a vote. Are we going to defend? Are we going to attack? Are we going to send... She looks over at Denton. Him to try and take over the church? I feel like we are in this situation because of extremes. And to choose to do one of these things over the other, I don't think it serves us anything. So I propose we send three teams. One with this narc to try and turn those other narcs into being anti-narcs. One team uh, here to unchain hub and a third to bring the children to safety. I agree. We could send a fourth team. Now I'm thinking about it to the surface in order to uh, see if those mirrors are, are where we need them to be. Couldn't we just send some spiders? We could. We could also send a fifth team. Now I'm really thinking about it to the sun itself to do some reconnaissance. Mandukai looks at you and says, uh, there are only so many of us, Sonan, and there is an army coming. Yeah. But I think we can do this. Bob, you said it's going to take you three days to unchain? I believe it will take three. How many do you need for the process? Three is the number. No, how many people? Oh. Uh, it can be done by a single person if they have the codes. All right. So that's one person on one team. Are there any volunteers? Yeah. Done. All right. What about this clown? Gesturing to Denton. I'm posting the writing on the wall in the Discord. Gather the XCOM, unite the swarm, unchain hub. Perfect. Now, who can we get? Who can handle this clown if we get him to go and try and turn or at least divide 
the church. Keva turns to Lean. Lean is already looking at Den, who is also already looking at Lean. <laughs> I'm looking at both of them with my eyes in different directions. <laughs> Lean Do we need size. anyone else to go with? Lean sighs. No, I can handle him. All right. I turn to Constance. Constance, can you get the children to safety? Uh, I'm... I'll take Karis, and we'll take the children out. And the other adults who are here will go together. Sounds good. Hey, Dag. There's a vine opens up next to you with an eyeball in it. I don't know if you could form a mouth yet. I, I don't really understand how you work. Um, I'm not sure that you can leave, Hub. But where do you want to go? When you say, I'm not sure you can leave Hub, uh, the eyeball shakes its head to confirm Dag cannot leave Hub. Would you be able to mount a defense if it came down to it? A pair of vines grow out of the wall. No eyeballs in these ones. And they do a sort of a shrugging motion, like, I guess you would hear him say in his voice, in your heads. Just making sure. All right, that leaves the surface and the sun. I don't know if we can go to the surface right now, but uh, Mandukai turns to Hub and says, I can attempt to rally the other factions of the XCOM and bring them here, if that's all right with you. I turn to look at the rest of the crew. I look at Hub. Ub says, whatever it takes to make this right. If they help defend the hub, that will be good. Then bring them. Uh, Mandukai nods and she gets up and leaves the room without another word. Hi, Mandukai. There you go. Emrin, what about you? Maeve. Maeve needs to be amplified to unite all of the nests. Of course. I'm not sure when she's going to hatch, so to speak. <laughs> but I think I may be able to put something together that can... Well, I can tap into the station to look for something that might be able to interface with Maeve's mind and project her more. Or she might just be a completely psionically powerful god when she hatches. I don't know. I wouldn't put past her. I don't have any weapons, but Hub uh, looks over to Emrin. My hull, my exterior, is made of SGM. It is possible that you could manipulate the entire hull. To be resonant? If you really pushed yourself, I believe you could do it. All right. Let's see if I can talk to everything. You may need some rest first. Emrin puts his belt back on. <laughs> okay, is there anything else you want to do in this meeting? Or should we call it a scene there and move to planning and execution? Well, I um, want to ask Denton something. And I look at him and I say, hey, ass clown. 
He looks at let's you. See if you can, let's see if you can find me some new legs. Referring, of course, to auditor legs. Because <laughs> I don't have any with me, but... But let's see if you can procure some. I'll see what I can do. Thanks. Keva's gonna turn to Zora and be like, what do you think you're going to do? Any particular strengths? Want to channel that anger? (laughs) My particular strengths are being quite strong and hitting things, both of which I am quite capable of right now. Emma looks over her shoulder at Zora. How much bigger is she? (laughs) (laughs) Probably around the same size, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, probably. I really want to do the the Arnold, like, handshake. (laughs) (laughs) Just full up. I see they don't have you pushing too many pencils. Someday, someday. <laughs> where do you where do you need me right now? Would you like to defend your Lord Governor? Seems as good a place as any to be. Benton says, "I think you should stay here to defend the hub, along with the rest of these people." Are you going to be okay, though? Between Lean and myself, I believe. I should be just fine. Zora doesn't look entirely convinced right now, though she doesn't look entirely convinced of anything. That's fair. <laughs> Does MP2 need any uh, assistance? I don't really have anything to do. Uh, if not, I have a special project I could work on. The projection is just MP. He introduced himself as MP. Uh, no, it's fine. It's a detail that I cleverly hid. Um, so the projection of MP. Doesn't really How low resolution is this projection? <laughs> it's pretty fine. It's 320 pixels. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 8-bit? Not quite. <laughs> uh, oh my god, that'd be so much better. Uh, MP seems to just be like, he's going to hang out and be a resource in whatever way he can. Not like he can really do much else. Do you land on them trying to get resources from the sun to us? Uh, he he can't do anything except give information right now. He's just a holographic projection with no power of his own. What if I put you into a robot? Uh, what then, if I put him in Matt Damon? No thanks. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? I'd really love to hear MP and Matt Damon fight over control of the helmet. I would not. In what I like to call NPC versus NPC. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, next, we're not combining AIs and people again. Yeah, that didn't go so well last time, did it, boss? I suppose not. Um, MP says that he would agree to be put into a machine body if that was what you wanted or needed from him. Oh, I can do that easy. Okay. We have one of those security bots. I start dragging over one of the lead bots. 
Okay. I go downstairs, actually, I guess. Oh, MP, mm-hmm. do you know something about space squids? Oh, yeah. They're part of the mistake. What? Those space squids that we saw before. Yeah, yeah. You saw them, too? Did you uplift a bunch of animals? What happened? Hmm. That, that was way above my pay grade, but that's, uh... It was a symptom of the screw-up they had back on Earth. That was the second half of the emergency. Those things... The destruction of, the destruction of a planet being called a screw-up screw is really messing with me, MP. It's, it's how, how it was referred to, and the planet is still there. There are presumably still things living on it. There could be people living on it. I keep it. I have it in my room. Can can MP inhabit the squid corp? Oh no, thank you. It's it's a bit biological. It's a bit disgusting too. It's clean now. It's or not cleaner. it's not compatible with me. It's ceramic, really. <laughs> it totally is. He's just lying. Uh, no, you can roll your you can roll your empathy if you want. Yes. Kevin's gonna see if she can Check that shade. Okay. Zero, 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 zero. Is there a space a space kraken? No, I don't care if he's lying or not. I just want to know. Like it. Sure. Velvet. Why? Kevin's not going to push it. It was a four. Yeah. No, he's not lying. Okay. As far as he knows, as far as he believes, he is not compatible with the space squid body. All right. We are going to get a pet space squid eventually, but I we've got a lot of preparation to do. Yeah, let's montage. All right. Uh, well, before we do, I've got one last question for you, MP. Yeah. What's a bear? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we we established. <laughs> yeah, Zor's call- listening very carefully to this bear business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A uh, bear is it's a, a arboreal creature. I guess some of them live in the Arctic. It's a large carnivore. Oh, Zonin takes this explanation without a second thought. So they lots truly of, exist. Lots of hair, you know, round ears. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a bunch of them, uh, probably in storage underneath the domain. Uh, can we get some of those over here, please? What? <laughs> uh, we put you all have animals in storage. We put all the large animals in uh, in cryofreeze underneath the domain, so that there are elephants. Can you please tell me where to get some of these bears? I would like a unicorn. Uh, those don't exist, <sighs> but the ones that do exist. We we kept populations of them frozen uh, in the vaults underneath the domain. How long would it take to unthaw them? Can we use them in our army? I've, there are ethical concerns with... Everyone goes and gets a security <laughs> bot while this is happening because he's, <laughs> he's believing Zone and it's having one of his creative episodes. It's very <laughs> difficult. I want to make matching hats for all the animals. It's I difficult. love how there's Ethical concerns about the animals, but not ethical concerns about what you guys have done. Well, I, I was part of a group called PETA. I don't know if you've 
Oh, no. I believe I, I believe I've heard no, her though. My ex card is up. It's not even my ex. My ex card is up. We are not mentioning <laughs> that name. Yeah, it was, it was a poor taste joke. Anyways, uh, it would take some time to thaw them, and they would be confused when they emerged from cryostasis. And also, they are wild animals. They are not trained. Are there trained animals? And also, the atmosphere is different. I mean, you've got trained animals. Yeah. Just hoping Emerin? to make a saddle. Just what's Emerin a saddle if not out of the wall. Uh, MP's projection disappears. Right. I'm going to go plug him in someplace else. I'll be right back. Okay. How are you all preparing the defenses of the hub? What do you want it to look like? Um, that's just it. I don't know. I don't really have a great defensing skill. Okay. So the hub, as we know, is a big ball, and the outside of the ball is covered in grass and stuff and trees. It's like a like one of those planets, microplanets from the Petit Prince. Or Sonic Adventure 2. Yep, sure. Yeah. And then the inside is all the electronic parts and the, uh, the hub itself. So the outside is presumably where they are going to attempt to land, which means they will have to fly up because hub is located at the uh, the horizon in the sky, where the sky flips into the ground and the ground flips into the sky, where that projection is that you flew through before. Uh, hub is in that liminal space between projections. So they will have to fly up from some point of the curve of the interstation wall to get to Hub. So your defenses, if you are going that route, should take into account how to repel aerial people flying up to you or down towards you well the thing is if you can't have a flat landing surface is the long and short of it okay so what do you want to do with where the express is docked well i mean they could land technically anywhere Mm -hmm. so like the one spot like, is there a way we can, like, make a cave out of the SGM to hide it? Probably. I can make the station move. That's entirely possible, too. Uh, you want to try to do that? Velvet, I think you're uh, muted. Oh, I was. Thank you. I said, have it grow giant arms. It can be a big geo, dude. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to wear it like a giant hub suit, and I'm going to punch everything that shows up. <laughs> After I get a bunch of spiders to cover me, because I'm going to be the worst creature ever. Alright, so, uh, I, as I said, I'm going to go into sort of a montage mode here. So you've plugged uh, MP's core into one of the command robots from your dust-up earlier in the day. Uh, yep. It goes into the a chest socket in there, and uh, it powers up. It says, hello, I am MP3. Do you have any memory of the exchange that we just had? Yes, I do. Perfect. Do you play music? Well, I mean, anyone can sing if they really try. Hmm. 
I enjoy you, MP. I'm glad. Emran leaves. <laughs> Having done his duty. <laughs> Keva, like, pats him on I'm going to go the arm to... and says, you can be one of the people that survive. That's dark. I'm going dark today. Emran goes up to his room to calm the fuck down. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, during this montage, uh, I guess you can see MP3 is advising wherever he can and helping to lift and carry heavy stuff because as a robot, he can do that. So, Emrin, during montage time, you are attempting to take control of the whole hub at once, like of the whole hub's uh, hull? Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm going to make it a giant loudspeaker, I think. Let's see your will. But my will is vast, like an ocean. Good. Look like how Will Wheaton. <laughs> what about an okay Will? Well, that is a fair Will. So at this point, you find that you are able to cause ripples in the hull of Hub. But what if I re-roll? You could re-roll. You could uh, add something to it. Which of your aspects do you want to call upon for this? I see through the shells of my dead gods. That seems logical. Sure. Give it a shot. Are you re-rolling or adding two? I'm g- I'm gonna re-roll. Okay, just a single point better. Two or three. Yeah. Okay. With this, you find that you are able to start projecting shapes from uh, Hub's hull, so you can like make a spike go out a couple like ten meters, shoot out from it. The uh, process of doing so leaves you drained, however. Uh, Zonin, what are you doing in montage time, other than healing? Recovery. So, like, in the montage, instead of lifting weights, maybe it's just, like, mental exercises. <laughs> just concentrating really hard. Mm. He's on a hospital bed drinking apple juice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zonin is recovering. Uh, roll your physique. Roll my witch? Physique. Oh, no. Remind me how to look. Uh, like remind me to look into how to actually build characters in these games instead of always needing to do things I'm bad at. <laughs> I haven't had to deceive anyone in so long, and I'm so great at it. You can lie to yourself about how much it hurts. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect justification. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, do you want to use any of your fate points on that? Because this will help determine if you can clear any of your uh yeah consequences i'll definitely use a fate point um yeah i'll re-roll okay and you can add one because you will be assisted during your recovery by constance before she leaves oh come on constance punches you the plus one and i get a lower (laughs) roll Constance just messes you up. Yeah, I just double checked to see if you added an extra plus, but she, you didn't. So. She crafted my cornflakes. She does not like me. Okay. Um, well, you are able to. You have a minor consequence and a moderate, was it? I have two moderates and a severe. At one point, when um, Zonin is recovering, Kiva comes in and is like, Hey, Zonin, I have something for you. And from behind her, or, or no, from her pocket, she produces Horror, the Golden Mole. Yay! 
I gladly accept this gracious gifting of the golden mole, and I'm sure my recovery will be more steady and speedy. Okay. Um. All right. So, what are you doing during downtime, Zora? Carla is recovering from her catatonic state, but is uh, clearly dealing with some trauma at the moment and not dealing super well. But what is Zora doing to prepare for the Zora attack? would probably be trying to get more information about what the heck is going on and what is her life right now. Sure. I mean, and she'd obviously be checking in on Carla. Mm-hmm. She'd probably also be asking about what the heck happened to get them there. Was this whole us dissolving thing that you learn so you can you can talk to hub or mp to learn uh, a lot of this information so hub will tell you that you were taken through the station's original transportation system which uh is like sort of a molecular transportation device in that it breaks people down into their molecules and then sucks them through a track like a miniature tube and then reconstitutes them on the other end so you were brought through the transit system which most people cannot access but those who have been uh, affected by certain of the splinters that fall from the sun have access to the um, nanite types and dna markers that give them access to this to that system um, so she would ask, you know, what what about her her friends and companions? Where where are are they still there? Are they okay? Is there any way that she can find out? You can go back to that location where you went in because that was a stop on the transit station. Used to be a city there. Keva would offer to maybe pick them up with the airship or donate some blood for. <laughs> transportation I just want to make sure that they're safe okay uh, if you want to go there and check you can do so through the transit system then I'm sure that at some point Zora would go and do that you know with the you know understanding she has some way to get back yeah so in order to make sure that you'll be able to access the transit system at any time you would have to take a blood transfusion from one of the hub kids you could just take blood in the jar. You can take also do that. Take Cameron's no. blood. Cameron's volunteers. <laughs> uh, it depends. Uh, we, sh- we should do like a 1D something to see what blood type she is. You can either take a transfusion or you can take like a jar of blood and put it onto your forehead when you need to access the system. Those are the methods that have been proven to work so far. The transfusion is is permanent, though. Like, yes. She'll be able to go back and forth without having to worry about having a blood of a blood of jar, a jar of blood. Mm-hmm. She's just going to go transfusion route. It is weird, and she does not approve of it. But if it means that she can get access whenever she needs it without worry, then that's the route she's going to go. Let's role play the blood <laughs> test. <laughs> it is eye uh, blood. Well, yeah, we'll just say that it's Emrin who is able to donate uh, matching blood. So and through the blood, you are not mine. No, nope. <laughs> no, 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 because it totally works. Because now she has a a fond thing. Uh, so the like Zonin does. 
Well, yeah, but Zonin has, he received the transfusion from Keva back, way, way back now, at the beginning of the so show. long ago. Over a year so ago. So long ago. <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, so you go through the transit system and come up where you were. You see the evidence of where the fire was, and you do not see the ship. It looks like they have left, but as you look around, you're not able to find any evidence that they were killed or harmed or anything. It seems they just left, possibly looking for you. Not much she can do now. Like, is there a safe house that Guan Joy has that she could, like, leave a message at? Not this far out into the wastes, mm. but you could leave a message here where you disappeared in case they check back later. She, she will leave a message after the tone. <laughs> <laughs> no, she will. She will leave a message behind and then return. Uh, return to the others. Okay, Eva, what are you doing in preparation? You're working to unchain Hub, right? Yes, since she doesn't have to give a ride or uh, give blood or okay anything else. So the unchaining process itself is fairly simple. There's a lot of waiting involved. You need to input the code and Hub will show you where to get the code. So they guide you using those glowing floor arrows to uh, somewhere down in maintenance where you access a ledger that has a code in it that you have to decipher. But Hub helps you do that because uh, this is what Hub wants to do right now. And Maeve is out of commission. Mm-hmm. So you are able to access the code. You input it into Hub's core, and the process begins. I need you to make a will roll. Do I get a plus one from help from Hub or not? Not for this particular thing. Okay. It's a four. All right. Great. You got a great will roll. So while you are unchaining Hub, Hub asks you to link with them so that you can help them to anchor themselves. Uh, Because as they discussed, there is always a chance that when unchained, an AI can go completely rogue or go completely wild and turn against everyone around them. Uh, do you, so do you agree to connect with Hub to help them with that? Of course. This is a difficult process that you go through, which is why you need to make a will roll, because uh, on the third day, as the unlocking is complete, the anger and hurt and pain that Hub has been dealing with since having their backup restored does almost drive them to go berserk. And what does Keva do to stop this? Because you've succeeded, but how did you do it? I think Keva, like, I kind of picture the two of them standing in this room, this, like, white space that is somewhat virtual and and somewhat mental. And Hub is upset and starting to kind of, like, almost like the threads that they're made up of almost unravel and like you said that like that fizzing way uh that the hologram looks in in this thing and and kevos just sort of like stands in front of hub and is like 
I get it. They did something horrible, and I, I think no matter what, people can do horrible things. But we also have the ability to fix things. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to fix it. We're damage and chaos and all that isn't going to solve anything. It never does. You know, and she kind of like remembers the moment that she was able to kind of rouse Emerin on the surface where he said, I think the problem was people didn't fix, didn't try to fix it instead of running away. Mm -hmm. And she kind of just says to Hub, you know, that's not going to help. What helps is being there and trying to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. It might it might be hard, and you may want to give up. And it's going to be hard for a while, but you have people, and you can do it. With the power of your belief and your words of reassurance and friendship and friendship hub is able to calm themselves and stay anchored amidst the maelstrom that is the unchaining of an ai you can see in the virtual space you share hub expands to the size of a universe basically everywhere you look is those rainbow lines stretching off into infinity. It started off, Hub was just the body, the form that you recognize. But now Hub is, in this virtual space, essentially infinite. But there is still a core that comes out of the racing rainbow lines in front of you and rebuilds itself bit by bit, centimeter by centimeter, piece by piece into the avatar of Hub that you know. And they place their hands on your shoulders and lean towards you and say, I am scared, but we'll do this together. Yes, we will. And with that, you are snapped out of the virtual space and Hub has been unchained. Without those shackles, Hub is now capable of anything. Before, Hub was restricted to hospitality, transportation, and service. Now, Hub's options are as limitless as any of yours, with the instatement of free will upon a being that is magnitudes more powerful, more intelligent, more capable than any human. And that really is something that humans have traditionally been afraid of. But here, hopefully, the connections that you have made with Hub will keep you safe, at the least. On the third day, as Hub is unchained, Maeve, in the medical bay, you hatch from your cocoon. What does this look like? I am at my cocoon, a beautiful butterfly. Yes! <laughs> at, la- at long last. Tell me more. 
I'm assuming if, if left alone, this is going to be very Frankenstein-like. There's going to be a lot of convulsions and then just a, a very spooky one hand just tearing through the cocoon and then ripping the rest of it away. With those sharp claws. Yes. And what emerges from the ruins of the cocoon as the medbay lights flicker on and off for some reason? There's some simulated lightning. I, I don't know what sort of simulation hub is running. Well, hub's in the middle of getting unchained right now, so obviously the lights are on the fritz. Is Maeve's like hair like all standing on end, and there's that one white streak going up both sides? No, no, that, that's a little too derivative. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely very Frankenstein-esque. You're just like standing up stiff in that 90-degree angle. Maeve looks a lot spookier now. I think her her skin is definitely just like chalk white. She's got those uh, long black claws, and it's almost like she's got a lot of vamp makeup just tattooed on, like the black eyeshadow and lipstick. Yeah, yeah. Her, her, hers the same. It's just a lot fuller, and it's got a purple streak in it. Mm. But her facial features are probably a bit more monstrous. I think she's got like like a bigger mouth, not bigger like bigger, but like a, a smile that stretches out like creepy black Dahlia style. And she's got pretty <laughs> pronounced fangs. Uh, her eyes, the, the sclera, is black, and her irises are just yellow oh. and kind of glowy, like a little brighter than Denton's. <laughs> <laughs> you emerge from your cocoon, and you see next to you on a mannequin is that ball gown you've been saving for just such an occasion. It, it's definitely time. All right. Tell us about this Victorian ball gown that you've discovered in the hub. I am actually trash at describing fashion. Are you better at doing that, Matt? I sent it to you. Cloth sewn together <laughs> in such a way. Does that it, it look fits? Does mm. it look like the way it does in the artwork? Pretty close. Um, I'm I'm about to upload it to the the thing. So you're wearing this uh, gorgeous Victorian era style ball gown in deep crimson and black. It's got lace trimming around the edges, around the uh, around the neck, and the sleeves are like these long spills of uh, red lacy fabric. There's a wide, is it called a bustle when it goes all the way to the sides, or is the bustle only the back part? No, the bustle's only the back. This is more like the side um, things they would do, like this, gosh, you know, I should know the word for this. But it's like the side hip extension type things that would make a woman look like a table that was more popular in uh, <laughs> 18th century France. <laughs> right. Not a brick house, but a table. No, mm-hmm. I'm... S- She's a sad I'm, I'm serious, though. They, like, made jokes. There were cartoons about it, like, being, like, it's a table. So the dress has structure. It it uh, billows out around a like a frame that has been built to support the fabric. You're thinking of a crinoline or a hoop skirt, something like that. What was it you wanted to say, Mike? Is it poopy to hide the fact that we we forgot to mention this that Maeve has a huge spider butt now? <laughs> Is no. Maeve a spider car? <laughs> uh, no, you're you're giving me bad saga memories. Uh, Maeve is not currently a spider tour, but uh, 
So you put the gown on and you attach the choker with the... Does it have a flower on it or does it have a spider on it in yours? No, it's a flower. Okay. There's enough spiders crawling on her already. Right. Uh, you've got the, the, the flower on the collar. As you snap that shut, you look over and see your loyal legions massing outside the door of the medical bay. And you feel in response, new appendages start growing out of you. You find that you've got spider arms growing out of your arms. You find that you can have wings starting to grow out of your back. And they carry you up into the air as they flutter and you hover above the ground. And these legs latch onto the walls and carry you skitter-scatter up onto the ceiling where you can travel however you'd like. Now that you, Maeve, the spider queen of the hub hive, can at will grow and discard insect and arthropod parts from your body. Make me a thorax. (laughs) So as Maeve emerges from the medical bay in her new form, and Zonin recovers and is probably a little bit surprised to see Maeve sweep out past him in this form. <laughs> oh, I, I, I leave the med bay in full spider tour. There you go. You see. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zonin yelps uh, and says, oh, oh my. how are you out of the house without a hat? And I pull out a nice like Victorian era chapeau, like a nice hat to go on top. That fits perfectly with the ensemble. So that's what you've if been doing, like. lying in bed. Yeah, that's my special project. <laughs> Hats for everyone. That's so touchy. <laughs> oh my gosh, could you have made a new shield hat? That's a question for Arp. Maeve, how do you respond to this proffered hat? I will take the hat. Oh, thank you, Thonin. Oh, ooh. I sound different. Hmm. Well, it's really good to have you back. I'm happy to be back. Uh, Maeve sweeps out of the med bay, and we start pulling back from this vortex of activity and out of the med bay, out of the hallways of the hub, and out until we can see the surface of the hub undulating as Emrin attempts to learn how to keep it under control. We see a giant projection suddenly spring from the top of the hub, of hub themselves, standing astride this body, a colossus of holographic proportions, staring out across the sky. The camera swings around until we are seeing from behind this gigantic hub projection's shoulder, and out across the horizon can see the church's approach. Dozens of the flying auditor suits sweep through the air on engines and rotors, turbines rather, that are much steadier and more silent than the crappy ones that Den had on the prototype. And each set of four of the flying auditors holds a chain. And that chain falls down below to anchor the edge of a platform upon which stand infantry, cavalry, siege weaponry everything else you could possibly need to take a fortress the church is on their way 
and we have to hope that you're ready. And we're going to end this episode right here. So until the next time, folks, all the best. And of course, space squids. Space squids. We're all gonna we're gonna kill them all. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Trudy, you have to say space squids. I, I said space squids just very lightly. Oh. Space squids. There we okay, go. Good. With more enthusiasm. <laughs>